Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Bonjour. Hello. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. It is great to have you here. Now, not so long ago, someone reached out to me and sent me a video on YouTube that, um, that she had recorded. It was a video of her learning Japanese in six months and then surprising her best friend, who is uh, half Japanese, by speaking Japanese to her. And it's, we've, we've all seen these videos on, on YouTube where we have, uh, you know, someone kind of walks into a shop and, and, you know, quote unquote, shocks somebody with fluent, fluent uh, Spanish or whatever it may be. Um, and more often than not, these, the, the, well, the person was not actually, <laughs> turns out they weren't really all that shocked. It was just <laughs> an editing trick or something. This video was different. Janna is her name. She has, she learned Japanese for six months. And after six months, sat down and spoke to her best friend in Japanese for the very first time. It is completely authentic. And <laughs> her friend, Aisha, is authentically shocked. And it is such a fantastic video. I'm going to put a link to that video in the podcast description so that you can uh, you can check it out for yourself. But I wanted to speak to Jana who uh, who made this video because it turns out that she learned Japanese with my Japanese Uncovered program. And so I was particularly interested to see, okay, what does someone who takes this course, learns through story learning, really applies it and then uses it in the real world and puts it on video? What is their experience with the course? How did they learn? What worked for them? What didn't work for them? What did they do to learn to speak so confidently in such a short space of time? So that is the conversation that you're going to hear today. It is so interesting. And what I really appreciate about Janna is just how she's just got this this this, this drive to, to just want to go out and learn stuff and do stuff. It's so fantastic to see. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. The link to the video in question is in the description box. But otherwise... Uh, please sit back and enjoy this conversation with Janna Hussain about how she learned Japanese. Okay, so I am delighted to be speaking with Janna here on the podcast. Um, Janna, thanks so much for um, for joining me. No worries, pleasure to be here. Yeah, we were just talking before we started about how you you actually found um, me originally through the podcast like a year ago. So it's it's really nice to be able to actually bring bring someone uh, on who has sort of been listening to the podcast, but then gone on to learn um with my programs and have quite a lot of success with them as well so it's, it's really it's really great for me to to be talking with you today maybe just for people who don't know you could you just tell us a little bit about who who you are yeah of course just a little bit of background about me or specifically about how i got yeah. involved with the course yeah because people will have, will have no idea who you are so just what's the what's the sort of potted bio yeah okay uh so i'm doing a degree apprenticeship i basically go to uni for software engineering at the moment live just outside of London and about a year ago so as Ollie said I found your podcast started listening to that and then a few months later in January um, I decided to buy Japanese Uncovered and a few months with that and then decided to surprise my best friend after about six months maybe six and a half months of learning posted that on YouTube sent it to Ollie a few people um, and yeah that's kind of like my Japanese story a bit and a bit of background about me. 
Yeah. So you've so the, what we're going to be speaking about today is is how you have learned Japanese. But the reason that uh, that we met in the first place was because, because you sent me this video that you just referenced that you made on YouTube, and it's 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 amazing because you've so your best friend is Japanese and um, yeah. Japanese English is that right? Or, or... Yeah, she's half Japanese and half Pakistani, but she speaks Japanese All at home right. because her mum grew up in Japan and she's very passionate about Japanese culture and has kids being able to speak it, so they all speak at home. Quite a lot. Fantastic. So she she's your your best friend, and yeah. and I'll ask you about her in a minute. But you decided to learn Japanese as a as a surprise for her. So you you went you did it. You learned Japanese, and um, what we're going to be talking about here is how you went about that. The video itself, I, I want everybody to go and watch it. It's fantastic. I'll put a link to to it in the in the description of the podcast here. But in case people are searching on YouTube, what should they look for? Um, I guess my name it will probably come up, Jenna Hussein. Um, and then I don't know, surprising my best friend that will probably come up, might not. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll we'll put a link to it, link to it either way. So, um, tell us about your friend then. What does she? She must be a, a she must be a special person if you decided to devote oh, half yeah. a year of your life to uh, to learning <laughs> Japanese. So, what is what does she? Who is she? And what does she mean to you? Um, well, I've known her for quite a while, and she she is the best. She's just like the sweetest, like kindest person I've ever met. Uh, we met in, I want to say, yeah, nine or yeah, ten um, of high school, and we bonded over a mutual hatred of Latin. So we were in the same Latin class, and we both got pulled up because our grades were so bad, and ended up kind of like crying outside the Latin classroom together, um, and sort of bonding over that, and just yeah, just became best friends since then because. You know, we just sort of meet someone and there's just like an instant connection. You can just talk for hours. She's one of those friends. Like we just never stop talking. We never run out of things to talk about. Um, and one of those friends that, you know, maybe you don't see as much of. She's doing medicine now, so I never see her. Um, but every time we meet, it's like no time has passed. We both say it's like we, we've seen each other like yesterday, even though it's been like six months. Actually, when I filmed that video with her, it was the second time meeting her. Um, in about the space of maybe eight months. So before that, I hadn't seen her. I'd seen her once a few, like uh, maybe a month prior. And before that time, I hadn't seen her for literally six months. So I never see her, but she's, um, but she, yeah, she's very special, very, very special to me. So it was awesome. I think it just sort of aligned. I saw your course, you had Japanese and I knew obviously she speaks Japanese at home. I was like, this would just be the coolest thing ever. I decided to go for it. I can imagine. what. Uh... Did you feel that there was a part of her that maybe you didn't know or understand because of the language? Um, well, so she's grown up, she's like born and bred British. So in terms of like culture and background, not really. We we know each other very well. But I remember her saying, uh, so we she came for a sleepover after that day when I surprised her and filmed that video. And she came back and we did talk a lot about sort of Japanese culture and Japanese language because it is very very different to British culture and I remember we came back and we were talking and I wanted to talk to her again after the nerves had gone because I was shaking the whole time when I was talking to her in, in that video um, so I came home I was like can we do it again and we did um, and after that she was like this is really weird because I only ever speak with my family um, at home and my grandma on FaceTime or when we go back to Japan and like a select few maybe like five people from Japanese school so she was saying this is really weird and I feel like I'm different and I was like yeah you are you are a little bit like more reserved and a bit more like there's a different like like aura to you almost um which was yeah I definitely feel like you go through like the six months of learning and there's like a, a little bit 
of yeah difference that you see a different side maybe because she's only using that side of her with her family it is funny isn't it how the personality changes because i really believe the personalities have not just do change but have to change in different languages because you don't, don't express yourself in different ways and you notice that about her obviously and i imagine I actually noticed that myself in that video when the, the moment that you started to speak Japanese with her, her expressions with her hands over her face was so <laughs> Japanese. It's not yeah. a typical, very typical English, uh, you know, uh, it's not typical English body language. It's very, very Japanese. So it was fascinating to see how, how the minute that you switched the language, it took her a bit of a few seconds to process what was going on, but immediately her body language changed to Japanese. And so to me, that just kind of shows just how much, how important that is. Do, do you feel, obviously you're still at the beginning of your Japanese pro, um, journey, I guess, but do you, have you felt your personality change at all? If I actually analyze it like a hundred percent, but you don't realize it, like I think, the best way to describe it is like if my mum walked into the room I'd feel really weird because I feel like I'm acting a bit differently like I don't know the way that maybe it's quite a cute language sometimes I think especially for women sometimes like the way that you talk and your expressions like your pitch as well so maybe in front of like my parents who are like they're British but they're well also Asian obviously it might be a bit weird for them to see so yeah a little bit different actually I think I've become a little bit my mannerisms become a bit different why did you choose six months as the time period? Was this just, did it just work out that way? Or did you go into it thinking, right, I'm going to spend six months learning Japanese? You know, what's so funny is I, I went in thinking I could keep the secret for three years. So your course is 20 chapters, right? And I thought I'm going to spend a month on each chapter and that's going to work perfectly for me. Um, two years later, so yeah, 20 months later, so like a year and a half later, I would have finished the course. And then I want to spend even more time learning how to converse with people. Um, and then what actually happened is, I think I mentioned just now, I saw Aisha after about six months and we met up and did a little hotel in London sort of excursion. Um, and it was just, it was like torture, basically. We went to a Japanese restaurant, <laughs> we were speaking Japanese and she was like, oh yeah, I can understand that. And I was like, oh, I can understand some of it too, but I can't tell you. And it was, yeah, it was absolute torture. And then from then, I mentioned she's really busy as a medic student. So from then, she basically was going to go back on her placement in a hospital through summer. It's, yeah, it's a bit crazy. Um, and she was going to come back for a week, about a month and a half later, maybe two months later. And I had a week sort of to see her or schedule into her busy diary. And then she was going to go straight back to university, which is where she's at now. So I basically was at the point where I think I was on literally like maybe chapter 12 of your course. And I was like, right, I'm going to finish it. I'm also going to do the only thing I know how to do in this sort of situation where I've got no time. And I also want to skill up like the fastest that I possibly can. Um, I know that you mentioned talking something that is, you know, a really good way to level up and italki. So I basically just spent loads of time on italki about two hours a day. So I was scheduled into one hour wow. sessions with different teachers. And I did that. And at the same time, was trying to like speed through the course. I managed to finish, I think, a week before I met her. Um, and then, yeah, I think the accumulation though of I had been learning Japanese since January definitely helped. I didn't, I, I remember really specifically, I was, I, was, I had a pen pal because you suggest doing the sort of like find someone who's Japanese and talk from the beginning. Um, so she's Nami and I was talking to her um, and she was actually, she moved back to Japan. So she lived in London and then moved back to Japan and I said we should meet for the first time, which we did, so we met. And I remember talking to her and we were in a cafe um, 
and I was trying to talk to her and she was trying to talk to me in Japanese and I couldn't get the words out I had basically done like maybe an hour a week with her of just sort of like a really casual conversation but maybe more focused on her teaching me so I had never I'd never sort of spoken enough to comfortably have a conversation like she was asking me questions I was trying to respond and just really not getting it and we ended up just going back to English but about two months later I managed to have a full conversation I think it was there I just didn't know how to use it so I can see that you've done lots of different things as yes. part of the process so we'll, we'll come to that in a, in a little bit so I guess it the six months thing just kind of worked out obviously you felt you must have felt that you were really making progress and you wanted to it was like now or never like yeah that, that's literally. the opportunity so okay so so why did you what appealed to you about learning with story learning in particular because there's so many different courses out there what was it that that made you what, what was it that appealed to you about this approach um well so I'd been listening to your podcast for a while and it just really sort of I really really agreed with that sort of method that um I just I think I'd been watching a few YouTubers at that point, which is maybe why the algorithm recommended me your podcast in the first place. But um, specifically, I don't know if you know who Ikena is. I'd watched his video on learning Spanish and I think it's Spanish or French in six months. And I was I was absolutely blown away. I became obsessed with it. I just used to talk to everyone who would let me talk to them about it, about it. And um, and his sort of his whole method is, you know, you have to learn like a child. I think I've heard other people say that, Matt from Matt versus Japan has said that you have to people compare themselves to they're like oh why can a child learn so easily it's so hard for us adults um, but they're doing completely different things to how a child would learn like complete immersion you just have to be listening to it talking to it all the like talking in the language all the time so I, I really believed in that and after seeing that video I was like that's magic it's literally sorcery I have to do it and um, I don't think I would ever do a traditional like language learning course ever again I especially after watching that video and especially after taking your course I would never revert back to doing a textbook I think I was just passionate about it in general before I started so it was the idea of learning like a child almost which is interesting because it's an it's a difficult analogy that because on the one hand learning like children are the only six like they're the only language learners we know with a 100% success record, right? right? And yeah, we as adults are not children and we can't spend you know, 24 hours a day with our mm. mums talking to us in the, in the language. We can't learn in exactly the same way, but that doesn't make it a, that doesn't mean we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have to find, a, 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 have to take the elements that we can from the way that kids learn and then try to make it adapt to our lives as adults with other, other, thing, other things to do. And that's certainly what I, what I, that's certainly the, I guess, the idea behind the, the, the story learning courses. It's, I do know Ikena. He's a good friend of mine, actually. So I'm going to tell him that you said that he'll, be, he'll, <laughs> he'll, really, um, he'll really like that. So I guess it comes down to, for you, then, it's, it's the idea of learning like a child or learning through, through what exactly? Through, through input? Through mm. just not grammar? What, what, what did it mean to you? Yeah, it's difficult. I'm not as articulate in describing the sort of language learning methods, like because obviously you're you've been teaching for so many years now. And when I listen to your YouTube videos about it, I I always learn new things. I, I'm not exactly able to articulate exactly what it is about sort of the story learning method. Um, but something that I do um, I do sort of tell people is um, so I'm a Muslim, obviously, and loads of Muslims want to learn Arabic and the way they do that is in in Britain anyway there are loads of courses 
and what they do is they they teach you grammar like lots and lots of grammar and they chuck it at you all the time um and then well 90 percent of people drop out because that's really a really difficult thing to do anyway um, and then the 10 percent that are left after maybe two years they're like why can't i speak arabic like why can't i understand the quran um, and it's like, well, you're not really learning Arabic, you're learning about grammar, which is great if that's what you want to do. Um, and there's like an academic side of that and an intellectual side of that, which is great. If, but you have to know exactly that that's what you set out to do. And for most people, it's not. Um, and I think the way that so the way I'm learning Arabic is on a course that's quite similar to your approach. It's you learn through like dialogue, basically. Um, and for everyone in the class, everyone can now have a conversation in Arabic. They can't understand the Quran yet, but that's the aim of the course after like maybe five years, you can you know, read the Quran and understand it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Did that answer the question? <laughs> no, yeah, no, it did. It, what that says to me is that you, you are, you were, you were making a conscious decision about how exactly. you're learning. Whereas what most people do is just like, look, okay, where's my local language school or what evening yeah. class can I like, just sign up to the first thing mm. that you can think of, which is usually you find a teacher in classes and lessons and things like that. But yeah, what I, what I've noted from what you said is that you were, you had even if you couldn't quite put it into words you already had a belief about the right way to or to learn about, or about how you wanted to learn which is just really interesting so just describe the process of learning with japanese uncovered so for someone who imagine that you're talking to the jannah of uh, of one year ago <laughs> okay. who'd never who'd never done it what how would you describe the overall process of learning through stories okay as in a how-to like how i did it no not so well, yeah. What was it like? What what were the features of it? How would you explain it to someone who's never done that before? Oh, okay, right. So for someone who's like never doesn't even know what uncovered is, um, there are a bunch of chapters. It's basically a long story or a short story. It feels like it goes like that, um, and you work through the chapters. So you start off not knowing anything. Like I knew nothing, and it's really crazy to think. I remember listening to chapter one still and hearing like the word tomodachi and being like, oh, I kind of recognized it because I had read the English at that point. And that was one of the first words I recognized. So you start off like that, not knowing anything, just sort of trying to hear words here and there, understand the sentence structure a little bit more. And then as you progress, you sort of find yourself understanding the gist of what is going on. And you learn more and more words through the, I guess it's called immersion would be the word for it. You're, you're just immersing yourself in the language um, and the way that I did it was to, there are videos, so we've got like the grammar video and the vocabulary video and the pronunciation video, like work through those. Um, but then I just listen to it, like for, pro it probably accumulated to like hours and hours by the end of it, like they're five minute stories. Um, but you know, when you're hoovering and mopping, when you're going to the park, when you're in the car, and my mom would be like, why do you always have your headphones on? I'd be like, just listening to some Japanese. And it's just, it just sort of accumulates. But yeah, it's a very like an immersive experience. Um, and then what's really weird that that keeps happening is I just have Japanese in my head all the time because I guess you're listening to it so much. Um, I like rarely have a quiet head anymore. Like I was going to sleep the other day. I was just thinking about this because I've started conversations now, which is obviously the next one. And I had the conversation in my head and I was like, well, I'd like to go to sleep now. But I've got Japanese in my head. So it, it, yeah, it really becomes like a huge part of your life, I think, which is why it's so good. Yeah, of course, it's not weird at all. It's actually entirely intentional how that how that's designed. But it, but yeah, it's not intuitive. Right? So someone listening to this might be might think, well, okay, you, but you can't just learn from. Like, you can listen and listen and listen. But how do you actually learn? So how do you how would you describe how you actually how the learning happens? How do you how do you marry up the kind of listening a lot with yeah. actually learning Japanese? 
Right, okay. So how I would start is just listen, maybe up to 10 times, and then I would introduce the English. And kind of what happens then is you know what's happening from context because you can easily remember an English story, right? That's only like a page long. That's not difficult. You can remember what's happening. And then because you have that in your head, you've got the context of the story, the background, you know what kind of vocab, you know kind of the sentences, how they're going. You then are listening on repeat constantly. So your brain just sort of matches up words and matches up sentences. Um, and you do that over and over again. Um, and I think what's difficult at that stage is you probably know quite a bit of Japanese, but you can't speak it and you can't converse in Japanese. So when you start talking regularly, um, then your brain sort of kicks in and you know what phrases to sort of spit out when you, it's quite, language is quite circumstantial, isn't it? It's like, it's not necessarily that you're learning exactly the English phrase for it. You're learning what Japanese people would say in that moment. So you learn all of those things and then your brain just kind of, does it, I guess. It's quite um, muscle memory-esque, I suppose. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thanks for describing that because that is, yeah, that is that is uh what it's like. There is a there is a part of the process is being okay with not understanding, isn't it? Because so much traditional learning, um, and you were talking about uh, learning about studying Quranic Arabic um, before, and so much so much of this is of traditional learning is about understanding everything from the beginning okay what's the verb what's the noun what's the adjective like what is the grammar rule here but i mean for me my whole philosophy on language learning is there is so much you need to learn that you can't do it through step-by-step -step study you'll never do it so you have to kind of just dive in to the to the, to the swimming pool as it were and then just let find a way to let the the language just form in your head as you as you go um now, Japanese, Japanese is a difficult language, mm -hmm. let's be honest. And also the, the process of learning through story learning is not, in, is not I mean, I'll tell you, I guess it's intuitive, but it's not for someone who's looking for a kind of step-by-step, -step, tell me exactly what to do, um, tick the box, um, and approach to learning language is quite different. Mm. So what was the most difficult part of that process for you? If you, if you think about, the six months, six and a half months that you were learning, what did you struggle most with? God, that's difficult. And you're like this, but it was so easy. It felt really easy. I think that's one of like, the best thing about the course, which I say to everyone, that I'm, if anyone tells me I want to learn language, I point them in your direction and I say, the best thing about it is it's really easy. So you just do it all the time because like listening to something isn't necessarily hard, but you know, that's actually really funny that you're asking that because I'm struggling to find something that I found difficult about it. Um, Were there I, not any frustrations or, or do you not find yourself at any point thinking, what, oh, you know, damn uh, it, I, we can't understand that and I really want okay. to. Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Japanese, um, Japanese, uh, yeah, Japanese word order is extremely different to English. So Arabic is great. You literally just you do the same thing, except from adjectives, maybe. You just like talk as you would in English. Um, but the thing, yeah, I've noticed with language learning at the beginning, you always start with you start with something you want to say in English and you translate it and you have to say that kind of do that process really quickly. And like the faster you get, the more fluent I guess you are. Um, and then you get to the level where you're thinking in Japanese, but we're not quite there yet. Um, but I think, yeah, the sentence order is something that really I found really difficult. And then also that um, I guess there are just concepts that don't really exist, like 
um, I still find difficult and I still don't really understand two things. Um, like you know, when you're saying like I prefer like Horga and also when you're saying like Moraimas like to receive something those concepts are very difficult and I struggled knowing when to do I just move on because it's difficult and I'll get it by just immersing myself like when I'm talking with my italki tutors or if I go to Japan at some point or do I like wait and try and really figure out like I'm like an algebra problem like I actually sit and try and solve it and I decided to move on because I didn't have time um but yeah I struggled with that wow. a bit. now that's interesting because you because you, you you say it so so as if it were so obvious oh, I'll just move on because I don't have time but what's interesting there is that most people do the exact opposite most people say okay I don't understand exactly is it is it um is it kuderu or or, or morau or mm. like wh what exactly what is it and what what's the difference I don't quite get it where's my grammar book let's dive in and yeah. you know study this till I'm blue in the face and of course the problem with this is that when you're still a beginner you're not ready to understand it yet there are too many peripheral things that you don't know yet about the language so you're not in a position to fully understand it which means trying to understand a concept like that uh, at that stage is, is is almost futile because you can't do it through logic you don't know enough stuff yet and so what you did there perhaps i mean maybe by accident even you said like i, I don't have time so let's just move on is actually a very, very important strategy because what you do by moving on is you start to fill in more of the picture. Yeah. I'm, I'm, people who are listening won't be able to see me wave my arms, but you've got this big kind of picture, which is the whole language. And by moving on, you're gradually filling in more of it, which puts you in a better position to understand that difficult grammar that was confusing you in the first place. And, and so this is, I mean, this, is, this is partly what I was wondering when I was asking you what was the hardest part about the process because um with in fact i so with story i had these rules and um and um part of the i'm showing you this thing on the camera now people won't be able to see it but part of that is well, there's a few things that are relevant here part of it is uh, is trust in the process i trust that actually what you're doing is going to work um and i'm actually now wondering whether i need to add something to these rules which is more like I mean, I guess we have one here, which is don't study grammar, which is a little bit flippant, but um, th there is, there's, there's, um, there's, there's a rule here, which is read it and then read it again, which obviously, as you know, you've done a whole bunch of times, but I think I need to adapt that to say, read it, read it again, and then move on without worrying about like all the grammar and, and stuff like that. And so I think you've done, a, you've done, you've done, you've done really well there. And that's partly why I think you've learned so quickly because you haven't stopped to you haven't insisted on understanding everything from the beginning. No, definitely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm struggling with this concept a bit more with, with conversations um, because there's no time limit anymore. I think that's what helped me because there's a time limit like, oh, she's going to come back. I have to talk to her. But with conversations, it's kind of like the rest of my life to do it. So it's like, do I spend like ages on each chapter? And then I was like, I didn't really work when I was doing that for Uncovered. So I've tried to like sort of move on as not as quickly as I can, maybe cap it at five days. Right. Yeah. So for, for people listening who don't, who, are, who don't know, Conversations is uh, is one of our intermediate um, programs, which is fo focused much, much more on uh, on conversational Japanese. Um, it is interesting there what you've, what you've landed on, because a time limit or a time constraint of some kind is it's always it's almost always arbitrary. You know, we say, oh, I'm going to give myself six months or whatever. And it feels a bit silly. Well, why six months? Why not a year? Why rush? But actually, if you've got that time constraint, it usually does push you to work harder and to do more. And that's worked, obviously worked for you in this case. So there's a little tip for anyone right there. Like, 
how, what, how can you set yourself a deadline? How can you create an event of some kind which will happen that will kind of push you to study a little bit, a little bit harder? Now, during our conversation, you've mentioned a few other things that you've been doing. You said you had a, a, a language exchange partner. You've mm. taken a lot of speaking sessions on italki. Yes. Um, and obviously, one of the one of the things about story learning is that it's not you can't become fluent in a language just by reading. You have to do a lot more. Yeah. And that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely vital. So, talk us through some of the other things you did during these six months to uh, to to actually, I guess it's going to focus mostly on practicing speaking, but, but just run through the different things that you did and how, how they helped you. Okay, so out just completely outside of the course, um, with NAMI, as soon as I started the course, I started doing an hour and a half, roughly, a week, sometimes more, sometimes less, with her. Um, and she's she does conversation exchanges with people, she's done it before. And I think her approach to doing it is we work through whatever course I'm working through. So it's it was different, but technically I was still doing the course while I was talking to her. We would basically um, go through the chapter. And when I couldn't marry up the English to the Japanese, because it's, it's a sentence sort of thing, isn't it? So it's a bit difficult, especially at the beginning. So I would ask her like, oh, so this word means this. And, and we just go on like that, basically. Um, and then the other thing. So, yeah, we could just continue doing that the whole time. And then obviously when I had this huge deadline of like maybe a week, month and a half, to learn before Aisha came back from basically not being able to string a sentence together properly to like speaking with her. Um, I ramped it up with italki like big time. So that was two hours a day. Um, and two then, hours a day, it's a lot. It, it, yeah, you're telling me How it, was, long? it was so much. But I think it was literally maybe a, a, like, I want to say six weeks. And then for the, another another week and a half, I did one hour a day because I literally was not functioning properly. <laughs> And so tell us about what was happening then in those in those six weeks. So you're you're making progress through Japanese Uncovered the course, but you're also speaking yes. a lot. What was was there any kind of interplay between the two? How was one helping the other? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously there must have been so much overlap. I really I videoed a lot of those sessions because I wanted to use them later on to like look back and see. I thought I'd be able to see like the progression if I if I watched all the clips back, um, which I haven't been able to do yet. I need to go back and watch those. But I think it's so weird because it happens without you noticing. Um, I've been reading this book recently called Atomic Habits, which talks about like how it's not one thing you do that you don't like do one thing one day and then suddenly you can do, I don't know, you can play football or you can speak Japanese. It happens so gradually over like the course of a really long period of time doing things repeatedly. So you never actually notice. But what I can remember is starting on italki, being really nervous I think that's half of it the reason you can't speak is because you're so nervous and then if you speak enough it becomes like a second part of your brain opens and it's just kind of like you're really comfortable in it and you just sort of sit with it and you can just sort of default onto it so that's what happened after you're speaking two hours a day and I was thinking about this two hours a day you could potentially go to a country and live in a country and speak less than that in in total like I don't know how much you really interact with people yeah right um, so it's a bargain for a lot of people. You know, you could do do a course, you could go on italki, and you could learn more than uprooting your whole life and moving to another country. So um, there's so much wisdom in that. There's so much wisdom in that, Jenna. Really, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I lived in Japan for three and a half years, and you know, it's I had to. I mean, for the first couple of years, I had to really battle for every single minute of Japanese speaking practice I got because most people would either kind of just 
freeze and be terrified about this kind of this <laughs> this 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 gaijin in front of them trying to talk japanese or else they just switched to english um, right. if they if they could speak if they could speak it and so i ended up kind of having to going and doing things like lessons and, and conversation exchanges just to get a bit of japanese speaking practice which i could have done at home as well <laughs> so yeah, people it's, it's really important for people to remember that i know it's not the cheapest thing to have hours of 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 of, of um italki lessons every week but if you think about the cost of a plane ticket to japan the hotels while you're there all the food that you're, you'll spend you'll spend thousands of pounds while you're there and you can get you can get hundreds of hours of uh, of, of speaking practice for for that so it kind of works out it's yeah it's this, this is this is why i think that self-study from home is such a powerful way to begin learning a language because um uh because it, 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 you've just got you're in control and you've got you've got everything that you need so uh, yeah, well, thanks for thanks for for explaining that. I want to talk a little bit about when you actually did this recording with Aisha. Did you prepare anything? Did you just like wait and see what what happens? What was it? How did you get psyched up for that? Right. So it's quite difficult to explain. I only realised this really afterwards properly because so I posted a video and then a few people watched it and that was really great um, and it really it really boosts your like self confidence and stuff. Um, but people, people were really nice, like overly nice, like really, really lovely. And I hadn't, no one knew that I was really doing this, even like, it was just kind of my immediate family and friends. So when I was seeing all these lovely comments, I was a bit like, am I a fraud? Like, did I fake it? How did I? And I was trying to really like untangling that whole video and how I even like, how did that even happen? Um, and I realized some things, some phrases, well, because the whole reason I even started this course to surprise Aisha. So from the get-go, like from January, I knew that this was the aim. So the whole time I've been learning, I have subconsciously sort of been thinking about things that I might say to Aisha. So I remember, mm. you know, I can remember really early memories of when I started, maybe I was on chapter two or chapter three, like, what would I say to Aisha? Just sort yeah. of thinking about it. Like, I'll, already in I'll, your mind. Yeah, literally. And you know, they talk about like university at the beginning of the chapter. They're like, I was like, oh, I've got to remember that word. Like that means something to me. Um, I'm going to ask her about her university. So not that I prepared, but that I'd been sort of preparing for like six, like the whole six months I've been learning. I was like, oh, things I could say. And then close to the time when I started italki, I was like, or what if she says it too quickly? Then someone says, oh, just ask her, like, yuki, like, say, ask this way and ask that way. Like, moikaite kudasai, like, sort of that. She, they taught me this, these sorts of phrases. And so that's, like, the kind of only preparation. It wasn't like, oh, okay, this is this, my script. Got to keep to it because that just would never be realistic. She's always going to say something that I wouldn't know if I did it like that. Or I would say something and then conversation would just be dead. Um, but, Yeah. Oh, that was that was really difficult after that came out and seeing all those lovely things and then feeling like oh did I what did I do it's uh yeah it, it, I mean I can really relate to this after after you know seven years or so of kind of uploading language videos to YouTube there is there is this balance because you want to be authentic but at the same time if you just turn on the camera and talk I mean I wouldn't just turn on the camera and talk without any preparation in English because it would be yes, a boring video exactly. so you, you kind of got this tightrope to walk which is which is quite difficult if one of the you know phenomena of uh of doing stuff online you have to kind of do you do stuff that's just for yourself or do you 
pander to the audience or do you like it's, it's really hard so I, I i sympathize but it's just i think it's so phenomenal that you did this in the first place that that you're, you're kind of experience you're asking yourself questions that no most normal people would never get to ask themselves because they don't do the kind of things that you've that, that you've done but you've actually sort of um you've actually smuggled in a second really important language learning tip there which is not just to learn for learning's sake, although that's cool as well, but to actually learn with a purpose. What do you want to use the language for? Who do you want to speak to? What things do you want to say to them? Because what you've seen there, what you've described happening is that as you were going about learning, you were already formulating in your mind the kind of things that you want to say, which is very powerful. So you've got not only the six-month time constraint, so it's time-bound, but you've also got a very clear purpose in what you want to say. And, and so, you know, for anyone who, who feels a little bit lost in their learning, those are two things right there that you can really do to, um, to, uh, you know, to, to help your, to help your cause. And you, you, I, I, I guess you probably weren't aware of any of this when you were going into it, but you've done it almost by accident. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You, you should, uh, yeah, you should, uh, you should start, you should become a teacher. You should uh, start a YouTube <laughs> channel about languages. <laughs> and then, so when you actually did the recording, tell, tell me, I'm always curious about the about logistics with YouTube. My, my friend Shama, who I, who I know you you sent this video to as well, he yeah. he he's just that. So he he does these videos of basically you know kind of surprising people on the street by speaking to them in Chinese. And uh, we we met for um <clears throat> for a coffee in London, funnily enough, because uh, he lives in New York, a few weeks back. And I was asking, him, how, so how, do you like ask people beforehand? Do you like genuinely <laughs> surprise them? And what happens when they see the camera? And I always worry about these things. I, I'm not sure I'd have the guts to do it myself. And he was like, man, no one cares. No one even notices. And if they do, you just tell them and they're fine. So did you think about that? Did you just set up the, did you just set up the camera without telling Aisha? Well, what did you, what did you do? No. So I, we, we might have talked about this a little bit earlier, but I've been sort of like doing silly vlogs since I was quite young. So yeah, 12. And she's obviously known me forever. So I just said to her like, um, ah, oh, I'm see. just going to be doing a little vlog today, Aisha. <laughs> like, don't even worry about it. It's not even there. And if you like saw the unedited version, it's kind of us talking about, oh, this feels a bit weird that this camera is here and there's people around. Um, but yeah, I just thought I was like vlogging and then obviously started speaking Japanese. How nervous were you before oh, switching to Japanese? Even, I can't even tell you how nervous I was. Like the prior maybe month talking on italki, like if I would meet a new teacher, I'd say like, oh, my friend's Japanese and that's why I'm learning. And then I'd say I'm really nervous. Like I was I was nervous like weeks before. And then we were like getting closer and closer. And I was like more and more nervous. And there was all these thoughts like, oh, because I'm talking on italki, like, yeah, I can have a conversation on italki, but that's because like, this and this reason like there's a reason I can talk when I talk and there's a reason that that means I can't talk in real life and she's grown up with Japanese she's going to be using all these words you're definitely not going to know them it's all that sort of like self-doubt and then the conversation happened and it was like literally the best thing I've ever done in my whole life I'm so glad I did but even like leading up to it um like when I knew I was going to do it and it was like seconds before and I was like oh my god I'm going to do it right now I was like inside and it, I did, if you watched the video, I think I kept all the bits in where I'm literally like, oh my God, I can't speak. I don't know, like, I don't know what to do in Japanese. I'm saying it. Um, it was so, it was terrifying. And I don't even know why it was so, I, think, I guess it's because you put so much time into it. You yeah. feel like if it did go badly and you couldn't speak Japanese, it's like, what was that all for? It's like stage fright, really. It Performance anxiety. Is, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like I was public speaking. It was just my best friend who I've known for like six right. years. Right. It's weird, right? You're talking to your best friend. Why should you be nervous saying anything in front of you? You could say, you probably have said yeah. all kinds of things to, to exactly. her before. So why, why now? I think it's, I think it's because you care. You know, I think it's because you, you want to impress her. You want to not impress her. You want to show her. You've done this because you want to show her that you that you love her and that you want to um you want to do her the the honor really i guess of of of, of learning her language and it, it's meaningful to you and that's why that's why you you can and any, any kind of surprise i guess is also you, you want it to go well then you don't want to totally crash and burn on the first oh, yeah, sentence exactly you um you seem like a very driven person jenna what what um what are you really? what, what, um, yeah you, you seem very um you know what you seem to know what you want and then you go after it and you get it are you like that in other areas of your life as well I guess yeah 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 I yeah thank you very much that's really lovely um <laughs> that's really lovely that's a really lovely compliment um you know funnily enough like talking about drive um so I've I've said that I started this degree apprenticeship in software engineering and the company I'm with is really great it's an insane opportunity I got basically extremely lucky to get onto the program um but the problem with the pandemic is the whole point I don't know if you're aware of what degree apprenticeship is but you basically um a company pays for you to go to university and they'll pay you a salary and you'll work three days a week and you'll go to university two days a week and the idea is that traditional learning in terms of going to university um especially in fields like software engineering maybe uh I don't know engineering in general it doesn't really work you're learning things that are outdated the base, best way to learn similar to sort of your course is by doing and um, if you want to learn a language you can't just really sit with a textbook you have to actually like speak the language and, and listen to the language and immerse yourself in it similar to coding um you can't really just learn about like how to code code you have to see like behind the curtains like what goes into an app like how do you develop it and you learn that from senior engineers that's the whole value of the program because of the pandemic you haven't really been able to access that part of the program and I think I think most companies, most universities haven't been equipped to deal with this situation. Um, it's no one's fault. It's the, obviously the pandemic and the way that life is. But I think it's led to a lot of us feeling that students, degree apprentices, whoever you are, um, that your progress is kind of stunted. Like you, you're, you feel like you're working hard and you're putting in the hours, but it's not really working. And so Japanese Uncovered was something that really got me through that period because it was something I was seeing like progress. Like even at the beginning when I wasn't really speaking, I could, I feel like I, I knew Japanese a bit, you know, you can read it and you can say things. Um, and it was like, that was like the only place I was really progressing in. And that was really, really nice. You know, when I learned my first few languages, um, Spanish, French, Portuguese, when I was at university as well. And in my case, it was because I had, I was lucky enough to have friends at university and in my life, general related my wider life in London who spoke those languages and I had that opportunity. But I also spent lots of time studying those languages mm. um, when I should have been doing university stuff. <laughs> so, it's, so I can relate to that because it, I almost used it as, you know, I really enjoyed what I was doing at university, which was music. Um, but I think I enjoyed languages even more. And there was something that was pulling. I mean, you couldn't have stopped me learning, studying Spanish or whatever at the at the time. I did, because I just wanted to be able to speak to my friends and the people I was meeting, and it was such a, a strong pull. 
much like what you described with 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 Aisha there, that it just yeah it was just a, a, you know there's a kind of big debate and do we have free will or not? Does free will exist? I don't know the answer to that, but I can't account for why I was so devoted to learning languages. Why it was that I couldn't stop myself and no one could have stopped me from learning languages. I mean, why? I can't, I can't explain that. Why, why languages? Why not flower arranging? I don't know. It's just weird. But I, was, I wasn't in control in that sense. I was just doing what I was, you know, predestined or born to do, whether it was like in my genes or I, I, I don't know what it was. But it was just kind of interesting that, that for you as well, it's kind of been a distraction from, from, from university. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. It's one of those things. I think the nature of your course is very self-led. So if you want to do the course in your amount of time, you can do it. Like that's the beauty of not going to a classroom where you're tied to this sort of the time constraint of what they want you to do. Um, so I sped up, I slowed down, I mixed and matched and I went at my own pace and then I went at the pace that I needed to for Aisha or whatever. Um, that's the beauty of the course. You kind of like go at your own pace. So if you're like, oh, I really want to do this and I want to and in six months, I want to be able to learn Japanese and speak it. And that's going to make me feel like I've accomplished something. You can do that. And I think that's really great. Jenna, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. And um, well, listen, I, 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 six months from now, I've got no idea where you'll be, but I'm sure it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be in a great place. So thanks so much. And um, any, any places that you would like to direct the audience to, they'd like to contact you or, or find out more about you. Well, my YouTube channel will be awesome. Um, yeah so i don't know if i can like send you guys a link or something for that we'll put the link in the in the podcast description awesome. um, but, but they can also search for janna and which is j-a-n-n-a-h and japanese that will probably do the trick i would have thought possibly yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well all the best and thanks so much for coming on of course it's been a pleasure Hey, it's Ollie back here just to finish off the episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation um, as much as I did. It was a real pleasure for me. If you are interested in finding out more about Japanese Uncovered, the program, you can go to japaneseuncovered.com um, or else if you want to find out about these story learning programs in other languages, uh, simply head over to my website at storylearning.com and you can go to the courses menu and then you'll see um, all these other courses that we have available to learn uh, through the story learning method. So thanks so much for listening once again and see you in the next episode you know on this podcast we spend a lot of time talking about quite advanced concepts and ideas in language learning but i also have a series of courses which are for beginners because actually more often than not people come to me and say look ollie i just want to learn this new language as a complete beginner i want to learn spanish or learn japanese or learn french you know what do you have for me and this is why over the last few years or so i've been developing out this series of courses which you know, I, everyone claims their method is the best, right? So all I'm going to say about these courses is that I've created th these courses the way that I would like to learn a new language myself if I were starting out from the beginning. So, you know, it's it's my thing. It's my <laughs> it's what I recommend. That's as much as I can say about them. The special thing about these courses, the unique thing, is that you learn through story. So, you know, I don't go in for any of these kind of technology gimmicks and apps and flashing lights and funny noises and things like that. I teach you through story. So right from day one, I get you reading a story in the language. You're reading, you're listening right from the beginning, even when you don't understand very much. And then I come in and teach you through these video lessons. I help you uncover the language from the pages of the story, which is why these, course, these courses are called Uncovered Courses. Spanish Uncovered, Japanese Uncovered, Italian Uncovered. It really is a way to learn the language to a very deep level. You won't get the same instant gratification that you get from Duolingo, but what you will get 
is a solid foundation and thorough education in the language that is going to give you all the groundwork you need to go on to become fluent in the language. If you'd like to find out more about these, simply head over to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and look for the courses option in the menu bar. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on courses in the menu bar. That will show you all the different uh, beginner courses that we have uh, in all the various different languages. Once again, that is IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on courses in the menu bar.